Hi everyone, we are the Gooders, people who do good. We help people dealing with life challenges and empower them to help others. Today, we are hosting Jessica Klinbaum. Thank you so much for being with us, Jessica. Thank you so much for the opportunity. This podcast is brought to you by CirclesUp.com, the go-to place for life challenges like grief, divorce, cancer, etc. In every episode, we speak with an inspiring person who moderates an audio chat room for people dealing with the same life challenge. We will tell their story and the story of the members of their group. So thank you so much for being with us, Jessica. Thanks for your time. We're really looking forward to hear your story. I'm happy to share. Amazing. So yeah, you can go, oh, you can start Dive from the start. right in. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so uh, I, I, the circles that we've been running have been focused around divorce and I was running them with my business partner, TH Irwin, because we founded a company called X experts, which is a free resource online for all different kinds of, um, information and resources focused on anything related to divorce. So my story sort of involves TH because she and I have been best friends for about 30 years and we met through my first ex-husband. They were best friends in high school. We got married, we got engaged within a month of each other, married within a month of each other. We were very young and 13 years into our marriages within a week of each other, she and I found out that both of our husbands had been having affairs and were covering for each other. They were best friends. We were best friends. We found out that they were saying they were going on guys trips and traveling around the world. And really they were going on trips together with their girlfriends while TH and I were home raising the kids and working. So we found that out at the exact same time. So our divorces commenced at the exact same time. But even though the circumstances looked very similar on the outside, because human beings are all so different, our husbands were very different people. We had two totally different divorces. Hers was very acrimonious and contentious and ended up taking about four years while they were prepping to lead up to litigate. And my divorce was a fraction of the time and very amicable. He and I are very close today. In fact, this past weekend, we had lunch together with my daughter for my birthday. Like we hang out, we talk on the phone, we hang out. Um, we do work together in some capacities. And so his attitude, once I had found out about the affair and said that I wanted to get divorced, his remorse and sorrow for the situation helped me move forward in a more positive way as angry as I was and as hurt as I was and as humiliated as I was, I, I was able to have the perspective that the, the two to three years at the end of our marriage that weren't good did not negate the first 15 great years we had together. And I knew in my own head what I wanted the end game to look like. Um, there was a girl that I had grown up with whose parents had been divorced. I don't know anything about the circumstances. What I do remember is that her mother was always angry and always in a bad mood. And they had a very contentious relationship. I don't think her dad was at her bat mitzvah. He, they couldn't be together for her high school graduation. I don't know if he ever showed up for her wedding. 
I knew that that's not what I wanted my children to go through. My kids were only two and four at the time. And what was most important to me was to be able to get divorced in a way where my kids would never feel guilty about who they were spending time with. They would never feel like they needed to choose one parent over the other, that we would be able to still celebrate holidays together if and when we wanted to. My vision of what my family was going to look like down the road after being divorced is exactly what I have right now. I understand it doesn't work for everybody. Again, two people have to want to have that kind of an uh, you know amicable relationship, but it's absolutely what worked for me and really has helped me and my own mental state so that I'm not walking around with a chip on my shoulder all these years. TH is not walking around with a chip on her shoulder at all, but her relationship, it's not possible to have the same thing that I have. And we would say to each other at the time while we were getting divorced, even though the circumstances were different, what did your lawyer tell you today? Hey, did you know that you should think about this? You know, I often use the analogy of when you're having a new baby and everybody around you is like, how's the baby? But really everybody just wants to hear the baby's good. But if you have a friend that also has a new baby, they're like, how many hours did they sleep last night? How many dirty diapers did you change today? They're in the weeds with you. And that was what Teach and I had while we were getting divorced. We were so young. I was 36 at the time. None of our friends were getting divorced yet. We were the first ones. Both of us come from families where our parents are still together. We didn't have a lot of experience or knowledge about divorce and the process and the emotional toll it takes in every way. And we would acknowledge how lucky we were that our best friend was also getting divorced so that we could talk to each other in ways that we couldn't talk to other people in our lives. And we would say back then, we have to figure out a way to pay this forward. Can you imagine what it would be like going through this alone? So... Years later, right before COVID, TH was going through a job change. I was approaching my second divorce, which is also very amicable. No kids in that situation. But that came a time she came to me and she said, you know, when we got divorced, you couldn't find any information online. They're just that kind of those resources didn't exist. Now there are so many resources. You don't know what you can trust and what you can believe. She was like, I think this is the time for us to start something and be able to be for other people what we were able to be for each other during our divorces. So that was the impetus of ex-experts. And Mm -hmm. the cheating was like ancillary in a way, because like I said, our situations, our divorces were so different. Everybody's divorce is so different. But talking to people and hearing from people who've gone through what you've gone through it makes the world a little bit smaller. It is so helpful. We know that our story resonates with people. We get that feedback all the time. And it's not, we're very positive and optimistic about it. It's not so much like misery loves company. It's people out there thinking, I can't believe what I'm going through. And then they hear our story and they're like, holy shit, look at what they're going through. It's the idea that like, no matter where you are in your situation, there are people that understand exactly those feelings and those circumstances. And, and that's, 
what we were bringing to wow. circles. <laughs> Amazing. It's so powerful. And in, in a sense, yes, you're so lucky to have uh, someone so close to you going through exactly the same. So can you take us to the weeds and tell us like what, what's like people that can't see, like what are the questions? What are the things that people don't know about when someone is going through a divorce? Oh my God. It's so interesting that you ask that because one of our big things is that you don't know what you don't know when you're getting divorced. I, I, I hate to say for the first time, obviously I had a lot more knowledge the second time, <laughs> but you, there is so much to know. I think that um, I'm aging myself, but I grew up in the generation of like Kramer versus Kramer, you know, and War of the Roses. And I think that for both of us, our gut instincts were like, I got to get a lawyer. And, and so many people's first reaction is like, I'm going to take them for everything they're worth, you know, and I'm going to get everything. And it's like, it's just, there's so much resentment and bitterness built up inside. There's so much anger that you're dealing with. And I think that what is really important for people to know is that getting a lawyer shouldn't necessarily be your first step. Your first step should be figuring out what kind of a divorce do you want and what kind of a divorce are you going to have to get? Can you mediate? Do you want to have a collaborative divorce? Will it be able to be amicable or is litigation your only option? When we got divorced, divorce coaches were not a thing. I think that the world has changed a lot. And to have somebody that you can talk to who's not a lawyer, who understands your circumstances and can guide you in the right direction for what type of a divorce would work out for you best, particularly if you have kids, I, I think that that's one of the main things that people don't know is like, you need to figure out what you want your process to look like to the best of your ability, the best that you can before you get started and try to follow that path. And, and I know it's so hard, but to try to separate the emotional part of divorce from the financial settlement part of divorce, there's like the business side and the emotional side. And your lawyer is not a therapist and you don't need to be paying your lawyer $500 an hour to talk about all the shit that went on. Like you need to be able to separate the business side from the emotional side. So I would say those are probably the two most important things I think that people need to know when they're getting divorced. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting insight. That's like the strategy of divorce, right? Usually you like dive in and kind of like, really tactical about it. But if you look strategically about it and you plan it, you probably, can you share with us a little bit about kind of like what were your personal emotional going through a divorce? Like, what did you feel like? Yeah. I mean, so my parents as of last month have been married for 56 years. Like wow. that's, and, and I will say they genuinely like each other. They're not like <laughs> they've been married for 56 years and they can't stand each other. And all they do is fight. Like they genuinely like each other. And I came, I have to say, like I had a happy childhood. I wasn't around a lot of divorce. So my feelings initially, when I figured out that I was getting divorced were like, I mean, there was the embarrassment and the humiliation and shame of having been cheated on. That was probably the worst part for me was like, knowing that other people in my life knew that this was going on behind my back and I didn't know. Um, yeah. But also like, 
And I think it's a societal issue around the world, like the shame of feeling like you didn't do a good enough job in being able to keep your marriage together. Why are all of those people able to still be married and I wasn't able to make it work? So I think it's like feeling like you weren't enough. You didn't work hard enough at it. You, There's so many different things that we blame ourselves for that we carry around with us. For a lot of people, it's religious reasons. Maybe divorce isn't acceptable in their religion or in their culture. I think I just felt that I was sad and and ashamed of um, not being able to make it work. And also, like, I got married at 23, and I... And I was 36 at the time that I got divorced, but we'd been together. We met when I was 18 and we'd been together for 18 years when we split up. So what was also really hard for me was like, we had been together for half of my life. Literally, I was like, who am I if I'm not part of Jessica and Darren? What does that mean? I mean, I had my own career, thank God. But like, I just felt all of our friends were enmeshed. Every, you know, we had all of our groups were the same. And I, I felt like, how is it all going to work? Who are we going to be able to stay friends with? You definitely do figure out kind of who your true friends are when you're going through a crisis because not everyone's able to handle it. And some people feel like they have to choose sides, even though I think we did a great job of making it clear to people that they didn't have to. But I just think like, you know, the sadness of feeling like my hopes and dreams and everything that I had thought and and planned for when I got married and had children was no longer going to be what I thought it and hoped it would be. That was hard. Sounds super challenging. Uh, wow. So, and you moved on and you kind of like decided to de dedicate your life to help others, as, as you mentioned, and you, and, and you started the ex-experts. Um, right. So can you share with us like what led you, you, you mentioned that is the conversation you had, but like more in a deeper, like uh, sense as a, as a, as a, as a person, like what led you to want to help other people? I, I think that we both felt that the stigma of being divorced is something that is totally unfair in our world today. And there yeah. is still so much stigma around it. I think that, generations before us, divorce wasn't as common because I think it really wasn't an option for them. And in generations prior where men were generally always the breadwinners and women didn't necessarily have independent lives and careers of their own, they felt trapped. And yeah. there are still so many people who walk around feeling very smug, like, oh, you're divorced now? Like, it's going to be contagious somehow. Maybe kids in your, in your kid's class, the parents don't want, you know, their kids to come to your house. They think they're not going to be supervised well, or like, you know, they're questioning your values or your judgment over things. And I think like we felt we had to somehow get rid of the stigma around divorce. There's nothing wrong with getting divorced. And It takes two people for a marriage to not work out. So we think it's important that people are able to take responsibility for their own contribution to things not working. But the idea that people are looking down on someone who's divorced, I go into a doctor's office today 
And I have to fill out a form that asks if I'm married, if I'm separated, if I'm divorced. Why does it matter? I'm paying my doctor's bill. I have insurance. Like it's around your marital status is, is, you know, in part of everything that you do. And I think that we really felt it necessary for people to be able to hold their heads high and say it wasn't working. So I'm not weak for walking away. I'm strong for walking away and acknowledging that this situation was not right for me, wasn't right for my kids, but I deserve a life where I can make choices that are going to make me happy, not be stuck in a shitty situation for the next 50 years. And for me personally, like I used, I was a network news producer of live news shows and I had a very demanding career. I had horrible hours. I was not the mom that took my kids to school every day. I was not the mom that took my kids to after school activities. I was like the mom that would show up when I could. But if I was live on the air and I had breaking news happening, that was what was happening for me that day. And I felt like I didn't want my daughter to ever think that if she was in a relationship where if someone was cheating on her, that she had no choice and was going to have to stay and accept that and put up with it if she didn't want to. Kudos to people who feel like they can make that work. I'm not judging anyone for staying. It was not something that I was open to doing. And I also wanted my son to see that there are consequences for your actions. And the consequence for their dad was he didn't get to be married to me anymore. So I felt like it was a lot of inner strength to be able to say with two small kids, you know, being on my own basically for the first time in my life, like I'm, I'm going to do that. That's going to be a better situation for me. And I'm going to figure out how to make it work rather than staying in a situation where I'm not being treated the way I deserve to be treated. Yeah. Wow. That's so powerful. That's amazing. Thank you. Thanks for this inspiring story. Can, can we are like really like we have uh, uh, just one minute more. Can you yeah. share with us? So now you're, you're helping people and you're leading audio rooms and people can come and kind of like uh, get more of, uh, of this inspiring experience and, uh, and, uh, and wisdom. Can you share with us like a story of one person that joined your audio room and uh, you can remember their story and also what you think they got out of talking to other people about their situation? Sure. I mean, look, our rooms didn't focus only on infidelity and cheating. I want to make that clear. Like what our room was called divorce talk, no bullshit, because we were like anything related to divorce. We welcome anyone to come into our rooms. We've lived it. So we get it. But there was a woman who came in and her kids were older teenagers, I think 16 and 18. And her husband had cheated on her and her kid. This is just new in her divorce. It's kind of just happening now. The kids obviously know she's getting divorced but they don't know about the cheating. And so she was talking in our room about what do I do? They're going to find out at some point, other people in their community know, are are her kids going to find out from their friends? Is it something that she should have that conversation? She doesn't want them to hate their dad. So I think that's a common situation. Like how honest are you with your kids at any point about why your marriage isn't working out? And so we did talk to her about, look, at the end of the day, you can send, you can say, it's just, we're better off as friends We're it doesn't work for us being married. And TH didn't, was not the one who ultimately told her kids about what happened with her husband, but she told the kids, if you have more questions, ask your dad. And we said to this woman, like, there's nothing wrong with telling the kids that they can ask their dad. At some point they are going to find out and you can't control the relationship that they have with their other parent 
they're going to make decisions on their own as they grow through the years. But what you you only have to be honest with yourself and do what you are comfortable with. You you don't have to be forced into conversations that you're not ready to have, and particularly you don't have to be forced into conversations that your children, based on their ages, aren't re- aren't ready to have. Yeah. She chose not to tell them yet. <laughs> Interesting enough. Yeah. Wow. Jessica, thank you so much. First of all, for being here and talking to me and. And like sharing your stories and other people's story and but also thank you for the work that you are doing for uh for people out there that's going thank through you. a divorce and making sure that they will not be alone while dealing with it so um yeah so it's x experts.com right yes it's all spelled out e-x-e-x-p-e-r-t-s.com perfect so people can uh, reach out and get support absolutely thank you, so thank you.